Good morning and uh, welcome back to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And this is the last conversation uh, in this series about change. I was going to say it's the last conversation we're going to have about change, but that ain't it. That's not This true. is the last conversation in the series. We've been talking about the way that change happens and you can't make change not happen. And so many of the problems that we face have to do with trying to hold on to stuff that needs to flow. And so we've gone in some interesting directions. We've gotten some really great comments back from people, but this is the last segment, as I said, and this time around, we're going to try to talk about how change affects the world that we all share together, the way that we deal with other people, the way that we live it out in the world. The big picture was the first week, and now this is the big experience. Yeah, Let's say. I like that. I like the way. And if you missed last week, go ahead and go back, watch last week's talk, because the idea is, is that you have to get yourself right first before you carry this out into your community. And so that's really what we're talking about is we're talking about the communal experience yeah. of change, how we change together. Change is a tribal phenomenon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, by the way, as long as you're going into the Wayback Machine, it's always a good idea. If you haven't seen the workshop that I do the first mm -hmm. Sunday of every month, go back and take a look at that. And some people are new to this because they're looking for church. We've gotten a number of uh, of people writing us saying, hey, are you uh, doing, are you doing church doing in person? Exactly. I'm really looking for church. And I'm. it's a funny thing to hear for a bunch of reasons because I'm also hearing people go, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do the Sunday morning thing in person. That feels like an old idea and I want something closer to the essence of it. I actually wrote a blog post uh, called Nobody Needs a Hammer that you're going to see on my blog on my Way Past Okay website. But the point is, if you're new, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. But if you're looking for something that feels like a, a church experience, the closest we get around here is the first Sunday of every month, I do my talk. And it's just like church used to be in the sense that it's it's a guy standing up doing what feels like a mm -hmm. sermon. And uh, we're still trying to come up with a good, you know, some people said, well, that's a nice lecture or a lesson. And those are good words. Lecture feels too stuffy for us, I think. I mean, I like it because that's kind of what it is. And 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 we have yeah, I, we have you know, workshopped the workshop. Yeah. And I like <laughs> and the word. So we'll, we'll figure it out. The concept we'll of workshop is good. When people are saying, hey, what are you what are you working on? I will say I'm working on my talk. That's what I call yeah, it. So yeah. that's probably what we're going to end up with. But the point is. Go back and watch that if you haven't, because it's the whole overview of the concept. But we're getting ready to really dig in to something really meaningful for everybody. Let's begin that process with our opening prayer. God, God is and, and I, I am. I stand, stand on, on holy ground. ground. Right, right here and right now there is truth. Right here and right now there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is and so it does in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
I was going to say along those lines um, of talking about, you know, going back and watching, this is our third month doing it. Yes? Third month. Something like that. Yes. This is so, so September. I'm still in COVID time where you could tell me, oh, we've been in quarantine since the 1800s. And, <laughs> and I'd go, be like, all right. Or if you said, it's only been two days, I would go, Okay, okay, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah, it time yeah, time is the, a, there's a time dilation effect. I think so, but um, yeah, this is our. Th I believe that this is our third month doing it. I think uh, so. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, but I love this format that we're doing, mm -hmm. and that you can go back and watch a four lectures, four conversations about a specific topic. And so I really like that because it gives us a chance to really dig into it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on well, all different kinds of levels. So I really, really like I have to say the that format that we've been doing lately. So often when we were doing Sunday morning, everybody come into a building and we all do the thing, church. I can't tell you how many times I'd get to the end of my talk. And want to go, yeah, but wait, there's a couple of things I didn't oh, didn't get the, around to. There's uh, so much more to say. I wish we could, yeah. you know, on dig into it. On the car ride to lunch, yeah. you'd be like, I wish I said this and this and this. and, and um, Because there's just not yeah. time in a 25-minute talk to do all the things you want to do. And also, I think you need time. These are big ideas. I think you need some time to ruminate a little bit and go, yeah, if that's that, then what about this? Well, and the you feedback know? on Sunday mornings that we get, and we have been getting messages throughout the week when people watch it, because not everybody watches it first thing on Sunday morning at 11, you know, mm -hmm. they sometimes they'll watch Some it on a Monday. Some people are going to hell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, we don't talk, we don't talk about <laughs> New people. people. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that we're getting the feedback where we might not otherwise. Yeah. So I just want to say how how wonderful that this has really worked out. This has been there's been a lot of blessings through this. Absolutely, so we've I'm, added so I'm some synchronicity, just a moment of gratefulness, and some blessed asynchronicity mm -hmm. that's really worked out well. But with that in mind, I want to start our conversation today by talking about one of the most popular misquotes that we've ever heard, and you've heard it too. I'll bet you anything. It's not as popular now as it was a few years ago, but, but it, it, it's still it, happening. It, the thing is, it's is on t-shirts. It, it resurfaces yeah. every once It'll in a while. It'll kind of wake back up. Yeah. And what I'm talking about is you've probably seen it maybe on a sign, uh, maybe. Facebook, for Facebook. sure. People post it on Facebook. Yeah. I see it a lot, or I have seen it a lot, in the footer of an email. So somebody, you know, you'll get an email and it'll say, you know, thanks or sincerely, mm -hmm. Joe Blow, and then it'll say, you know, their phone number, whatever, and then there'll be this quote. And different people have different quotes, but the one I have seen more than any other, and I bet you have too, is be the change you wish to see in the world. And it's attributed to... Gandhi. Gandhi. Mm -hmm. And it's, I want to talk about it because we're talking about change. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about it too because there's really, really interesting pros and cons to that process of sharing that quote, putting it on your email or let's say a bumper sticker or a whatever mm -hmm. and everything around that. So first of all, he never said it. He never said it. Yeah. It's That's a misquote. The, Gandhi yeah. did not ever say that. He said some things that are kind of like a paragraph long version of that concept that you might be able to distill down. But Gandhi never said. Somebody took it, watered it down, but he never said that never exact said quote. Yeah. 
And lots of other people have said things that are like a paragraph long version of be the change you want to see in the world. Yep. So there's no particular reason to attribute it to Gandhi, although Gandhi fan, I like Gandhi. It's sure. nothing, but, but that's kind of the point. It's part of the point anyway. Part of the point is it doesn't make something a thing just because someone you know about said it. Mm-hmm. Well, someone that you agree with. Yeah. Well, right? that's because the thing. that's 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 huge. We live in the age of I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Now, think about the craziness of that. You could watch a commercial and there's somebody in a lab coat who says, I'm not a doctor. But, but I play let me one tell on you TV. anyway. And by virtue of the fact that I play one, I'm going to tell you about this medication. And there are commercials, there, there, those commercials have been going on for a long time. But even now, when you're watching a commercial about whatever drug, yeah. there'll be a guy with a stethoscope or whatever, and it'll say at the bottom, actor yeah. portrayal. So in other words, Asterix, this is not a doctor. Not yeah. a real doctor. Yeah. But so the fact that they can say, I look like a doctor, therefore this is going to be okay with you. This mm-hmm. is something you ought to do is another flavor of listen to the quote and you're going to agree with it because it's somebody that you know about. Now, there's nothing wrong with having heroes and authority figures and favorite authors, for example, but understand that if we're going to get to a place where things like crossing the divide, even things like world peace, getting past uh, political debates, whatever you want to call it, if we're going to get to a place where we can come together... Our first recourse should not be somebody I'm comfortable with said it, so I'm comfortable with what they said. Well, and there's also another aspect to this, too, is just because you stick it on your car as a bumper sticker, just because you have it in your email at the end of, you know, your signature um, of every email, just because you have it on a T-shirt or on a wall sign in your house next to, you know... um, uh, you know, your gather, live, laugh, love, live, laugh, love, gather, and gather and sign, farmhouse, right? <laughs> exactly. Something Just about because a pumpkin you have patch. that doesn't mean that you are affecting any kind of change. It's well, not. It's not enough. I, it's not yeah. enough just to have it printed. It's not enough just to see it, and it's not enough to say it and shove it in other people's face as your mantra, unless you are actually doing something about it. Well, that's the thing. I think that that so often in our culture, there's a tendency not just to look at the commercial with the person in the lab coat, but to want to put on the lab coat. I want to be more spiritual. Therefore, I'm going to buy yoga pants. Right. You know what I mean? That happens. Um, I want everyone to know. So I have put a namaste sticker on my car. There's nothing wrong with a namaste sticker on your car. There's nothing wrong with wanting that sentiment. But understand that you don't get to apply the I gave at the office concept to Mm -hmm. that. It's not enough that, well, I bought the outfit. I can keep on being the way that I am. And that's the point. Ask yourself of the things that you share, the books that you read, the places you go, the, the, the persona, the uniform, the lab coat that you wear, and all of those things. Ask yourself. Is it that you're letting yourself check a box? Mm-hmm. I am wearing the costume, and we're coming up on Halloween. I'm wearing the costume of a spiritual person so that I don't have to change anything about the way I actually think and feel. I want to challenge you to turn that on its head. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, I remember, you know, with our kids, you know, when they were growing up, we we have exceptional children. And I'm not the least bit biased, but... They are pretty great. But kids are kids and they mess up. 
And I can't tell you how many times somebody would do something, spill a thing or color on the wall or do whatever. And we would say, we don't do that. You're some flavor yeah, of that. We'd, we'd course correct. And we'd say, you know, that, that's not something that we don't hit each other. We don't call each other names. We, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's course correction. Right. You know, and then it would be like, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and our response was, that's nice that you're sorry. I appreciate that. But what I really want to see from you is changed behavior. I yeah. don't want to see this again. I, I appreciate the remorse. And usually the remorse comes because you got caught. <laughs> but <laughs> I know? didn't, I'm not, but, I'm not catching you on this to right, make you sorry. To make you sorry. And right. that's a, that's a parenting moment. The objective here is not to make the child sorry, right? Think right. about it. The objective is to make the child more functional, better able to deal with To have an understanding. whole, to understand that there are other right. people in the world, things like that. Think about the next time or the last time rather. <laughs> Think about the last time you had a disagreement with somebody you care about. Was your goal to win the fight? Was your goal to make them sorry? Because that's not a great goal when you think about it. That's or still, even to make them hurt. Yeah. I want you to hurt as much as I hurt I right want to be right. I, yeah, exactly. And I want, in so doing, I want you to feel wrong because it's a zero-sum game kind of a thing. Think about it. Do you need them to feel sorry or do you need both of you to grow up and be better and happier and all of that? So it's an extension of that basic idea of it's nice when you tell me you love me. But if you tell somebody you love them, right before or right after you did something that wasn't loving, how much do those words actually mean? Right. You know, I don't need you to tell me you love me. I need you to live that you love me. Mm -hmm. Show me, Show do me. the thing. Actions speak louder than words and all that. Feelings being more important than something you put in a Hallmark card. What is it that you're doing to express the way that you feel? And so I want to challenge you to understand that it doesn't matter if you dress like you just came from an ashram. Are you living the namaste idea? Then maybe it doesn't matter what coat you put on. Maybe it doesn't matter if you have a live, laugh, love thing on your wall. Are you living and laughing and loving? If you are, maybe you don't need the sign in the first place because you're the sign. And that's the essence of it. I think it's incredibly ironic that for a good number of people, the be the change thing gets used as a way to not be the change. Right. As, it, to, I'm enlightened to, and I'm hip, but I can keep doing the things that I want to do and right. how awesome am I? Right. And I've said this before, and I know I will say it again. I always take this back to those hero's journey moments. And every hero in every hero story has that moment where they say, what a good boy am I? Mm -hmm. You know, that moment when they think, for example, in the movie. Oh, I finished. I finished yeah. everything I need to finish. I'm good. I'm here. I've, I have, I am. Yeah, it's I'm the living. hubris moment. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. the moment when it sometimes it, in the movies, it's when you think the bad guy is dead. And in the e horror movies, yeah. Either they're not dead or it wasn't the bad guy in the first place. When you think, oh, we've got all the things handled and things really start to come apart. It's, it's when you get the jump scares. It's at the end of act two, <laughs> right? Of, of of the movie. Yeah. And it's the hubris moment, right? It's that thing. Watch out for those moments in the story of your life because the point of enlightenment is not to make you feel like your ego has mm. gotten some 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 boost. The the point of enlightenment is for that ego to go away. And that often doesn't happen until you get to the other side of that what a good boy in my moment. And by the way, the what a good boy in my moment usually happens in the story right before everything just comes apart. Right. You know, and it's the deal. 
And so ask yourself, do I need to wear the outfit, to use the label, or can I get to a place where I'm the label? Well, and and I think that we're talking about, you know, being the person and carrying this out into your community and carrying this change out into your community. And it it's real it's so much easier to put the t-shirt on. I mean, we have t-shirts on today because we feel like this is one of the ways that we can affect change is go and vote. Go right. and do what you need to do. We don't care who you vote for, but have your voice heard. And that is huge for us. I, I think, you know, civic responsibility is is Well, you can ginormous. go far into it. People have fought and bled for your right to vote. To vote go right, do it. Come right. On. And, do your and part in again, that. especially as a woman too, you know, with uh um RBG, you know, passing away, making her transition, it's like it becomes more of a uh, an absolute responsibility, you know, because of her, you know, I can, I can buy a house on my own. I don't, I don't right. need no, I don't need no man, <laughs> you know, seriously, yeah, but, no. but without, without women like her and without, um, voices like hers, there is no change. And so, you know, yeah, we do wear the t-shirts to remind people, but are you following through? And yeah. I guess that's the thing. And that's in the your balance too, right? And that's the balance. You don't have you to can... take the bumper sticker off your no, car, no. but the bumper sticker should be a byproduct. Right. Exactly. Not and a it should be a, it you know should be I mean? a conversation starter. It should be an opportunity to speak to the people in your family. It should be an opportunity to speak to strangers. Well, wow. There I it really, is. You, That's oh, I'm so glad you yeah. said that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is I, <laughs> I I'm on fire about this. That's how do you know the difference? Yeah. How do you know the right relationship? There it is. You said yep, it. Yep. It should be a conversation starter, uh -huh. not a conversation ender. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that concept applies to a lot of things. Do you do the thing so that there's nothing else you can say about it? Because is that inviting change and growth? Right. Or do you do the thing? I'm wearing the vote shirt. You're wearing the vote shirt because first of all, I've earned it by the fact that I'm very active yeah. politically. I yeah. vote. I sign every petition known to man. My Congress people have seen letters from me. You know, I don't say that everybody has to do that, but I've earned that, right? Yeah, but and also and we both volunteer on for for different yeah. things and different committees and and all of that. Mm -hmm. But so it's that, but it's also that I want to wear this so that other people can converse with me about it. I want to be an ambassador for change, right. not an ambassador for shutting up. So that concept is it the beginning of a conversation or is it a conversation ender is important for a lot of reasons. Someday. We're going to talk about how this works in terms of, for example, reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible is supposed to be the beginning of a conversation. Right. The Bible says it. Let's talk about it. Let's debate. Let's ask questions. That's the way it used to be. In the time of Jesus, it would be, you remember when he's a kid and his parents find him in the temple? It's a great story. His parents find him there because he's asking questions. Right. And they're picking it apart. That's the way that it works. There's a great book called God Was in This Place and I, I Knew It Not. And that's a right. Bible quote. Yeah. And the whole book, all of the chapters of the book are different interpretations of that one statement. It's really it's cool wonderful. that yeah. you can do but that. They, yeah, but that you can have that conversation and say, okay, this is, but, but that's how we, that's how we affect real change is by having these conversations mm -hmm. and then coming to a compromise about, well, I can live with that and here's you can where live with we that are and right here's now. where we are. Well, and that's, and that, that allows you to evolve in, you know, um, peacefully and and wonderfully and it allows you to be open-minded without you know having to well, be bludgeoned and i think we've yeah. lost our way a lot of the think time. about the difference between that sentiment 
a conversation starter about the Bible versus the concept that the Bible says it, I'm out. God We're said not it, talking I about read it. it, that's the truth. Yeah, and you know, it's like, that level of fundamentalism whoa. is a profound problem because first yeah. of all, you know, we're going to spend some other time really getting into the Bible uh, implications of this, but just real quick, the Bible doesn't say it. How many different translations of the Bible are there? Right. God wasn't dictating, you know, right. there's big issues with saying something like that. But similarly with a lot of things, do you say what you say? Do you do what you do so that you don't have to get into it? Am I wearing the shirt because I'm, I don't want to talk about it? I mean, think about it. Look, everybody was a teenager. Yeah. And I remember having those moments where it's like, I don't know who I am, but if I wear the t-shirt with the band on it, I have now decided that that's part of my identity. I had, I had a Nirvana t-shirt. I get I did. it. I, I mean, get it. And, and it's probably still up in my closet. It is. I've seen it. But <laughs> the point is, there's nothing wrong with that while you're trying to figure out who you are. But by the time you're around enough and savvy enough to watch this on YouTube instead of, say, videos of someone playing a video game. Mm-hmm. You've grown up enough to know who you are a little bit, and the world needs that. Yeah. So it's okay to wear the t-shirt. It's okay to have the bumper sticker, but understand that we're in this together, and it's time to do something together. Right. And I think that that's an important thing when you think about the way that healing happens. I was thinking about that show, My 600-Pound Life. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I like that show a lot. I think I like it better than you like it. You, you only have seen it and know about it because I watch it. Because it's going on in the house kind yeah, of a I, thing. I do. And I watch it um, because I really do love to see these people. Like the healing journey. The healing journey. And I love Dr. Now. Yeah. You know, a, I, really I don't know do. if you're familiar he, with the show. He's Not great. everybody's big on reality television kind of stuff. Dr. It's now. It's been on forever is this though. wonderful short little man. With a gold stethoscope. Yeah, he he's he knows he's, what's up. <laughs> and he has heard every excuse because he's dealing with people who are working through addiction. And so mm-hmm. addict brain is great at excuses and great at getting around it and great at trying not to change. And so it's a wonderful thing for us to be talking about. And I love the bits of the show that I've seen. I love the way that he deals with people that are like, well, I can't lose the weight because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, you know, addiction is a real thing. I'm not saying it's baloney. It's something to yeah. deal with. But you don't deal with it by beating around the bush. Right. You know? And the thing that I love most of all is that inevitably the, the person will go through this litany of reasons why it's, it's I can't why do it. Why it's not working. Yeah. How, why I have to do this. Why I, you know... And, and it's just excuse. And he just sits there and he listens yeah. to them. He really does. He says he doesn't interrupt. He says two things consistently. And it's funny because um, I believe he's Iranian. I think so. I, and so I he's got so. a he's got a yeah. pretty thick accent, but he his office is practices in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so so he's got a little bit of this. He'll Texan, come in. He says two things. consistently. You know? He'll say, how y'all doing? Which is really funny. <laughs> Um, and then they'll get right into, okay, well, before you well, get before in, you, the reason you know. that I weigh more this time than I did last time is because of this and that and the other, because inevitably the premise of the show is Dr. Now is here to help you get the weight loss surgery. So that you don't and, die. And get you therapy yeah. and get you into a healthier living situation. It's the whole thing, mm-hmm. but you have to lose weight before you can have the surgery. That's the deal. He has and to so, see that you're serious about the commitment. So and that so it's usually not he just, has them lose about... 50 to 60 yeah. pounds. So it's not like just, we're going to get over. the surgery. The surgery is not the band-aid. The surgery is part of the process, right. which is really healthy because it's about actual change. Mm-hmm. But he says, how y'all doing? 
But he also says the person will be going through the thing and inevitably he'll interrupt the person and say, who bring you food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says it just like that. And the idea is you are part of a process where you're asking for things that you should not be asking for. Right. Consciously or otherwise. And you have someone in your life. Who is enabling that. Because by right. and large, these are people that are not getting out of the house to go to the store. There's right. someone a in lot there. Of times that, a lot yeah. of times they're not mobile. Yeah. And so, so they're, they have people in their lives that are bringing them food. Yeah. Who bring you and, food? And so the idea. You know, and, yeah. it, and it's one of those I joke about if if you if we were in that situation, I, he would he would yell at me because I'd be the one bringing you food. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I know that about myself. Well. But it's like an, it's a dangerous thing. But. Honestly, and I'm so, capable of talking myself into a great many things. Sure, like, I think. We, oh, but, it's but a I hard think, day. I can have an entire Charleston chew candy bar. I think no matter it's, how, it's that kind of thing. I think no matter how quote unquote enlightened. Why would I name check Charleston chew? That's, that's by the, the way, that's a worse that's candy, candy from like 1925. No, you gotta go. You gotta go like Reese cups. But, you gotta go Hershey bar. But the you, point is Charleston chew. What I love about that is that he points out something that I want to talk about today, and that is that change involves other. People. Well, we are tribal by nature. Yeah. And I was going to say, just to finish my thought before, no matter how enlightened you are, you have this capability to just really, you know, make some bad decisions. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how, how educated you are or how um, sophisticated you are. You can get yourself, you can get yourself down in a hole. Well, you and know? here's the, here's the, here's the thing. That great brain that you have, that great heart that you have, that great mechanism that you've developed can be used to keep you sick mm -hmm. or to get you mm -hmm. growing. It's the deal and it's the fundamental choice. It's the how y'all doing, who bring you food bring you paradigm. Food. Yeah. And the difference is, are you using your good brain and your good heart to stay the same or are you using it to change? Because you are capable of talking yourself into all kinds of reasons why I didn't go to the gym today. I didn't eat the thing I was supposed to eat. Instead, I ate the thing I wasn't. And the version of that, I shouldn't have picked up the phone because I saw on caller ID it was someone who was going to get me into this thing that I feel really bad about doing and I'm not into it. I shouldn't have done this, but I did it anyway because of, right? And you're smart. You can come up with all kinds of yeah. reasons. In my day job, I work in the software industry. We, we do web stuff. And a lot of the time, there'll be some kind of meeting where we talk about, well, we need this little widget to do these extra things. Now, how can we build that? And who's going to design that? And it's a wonderful process of making a product or a thing better. It's very, very healthy. But the thing that nobody likes to do is there's another part of that process. And that is what doesn't work that we can cut away mm -hmm. from this? What doesn't work that can go away? And the, the problem minimum is, viable. Yeah. Right? Well, what are the, okay, this thing doesn't work anymore. Nobody's using it. It's broken. Can anybody think of a reason why we should keep doing this? That happens mm -hmm. at a lot of meetings. But the problem is you get a room full of computer people and you got some real smart people. Well, real smart people can think of some reason why we shouldn't get rid of it. And that leads to the word in the software industry is bloat. Yeah. And the next time you try to start Windows, first of all, why are you using Windows? Go get a Mac. It's so much better. But anyway, <laughs> the next time you start Windows and it takes 20 minutes to start because there's 100 different things that have to happen, right. it's because there was a room full of smart people and someone came up with a reason why they shouldn't take that piece out. Right. Well, and that I think that leads us to the other aspect of this. We, we talk about, you know, okay, here 
um, here you are and you're making these change and going back to the idea of those meetings for software or, uh-huh. or even the 600 pound life. Okay. So let's say you are the person you're making this change. You've dedicated, you're losing the weight. You're having the conversations. You're, you're making this, this change in your life. Mm-hmm. The change that you wish to see in the world. Well, yes, absolutely. And, uh, the friction that you get from the people that were quote unquote supporting you, it can be, um, hard. It can be hard because what you see on 600 pound life is you see their caretakers actually get really upset with them that they can get up and walk around now, that they can get their own food, that they can go. Sh- well, sure. Because you changed the deal Ex- by getting healthy. Right. The deal I had with and you so is you, you, you stay work- still and I bring you 47 chicken McNuggets right. or whatever it is. Right. And that's our, that's our, that was our arrangement. That's our contract. And now you're yep. changing and you're changing the deal. And, and it's so weird how our brains will rationalize anything that, that you can rationalize bringing somebody food that is literally killing them and then get angry when that changes. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because let, let's pretend I'm bringing you food. We'll bring, I, I like we'll that bring you idea. food. It's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm doing it. I want you to be happy. Right. And there's this lizard brain part of me that goes, I know that if I bring her all the ice cream that they have at Publix, she'll be happy, even though it's killing her. Right. But on a fundamental level, our relationship is grounded in you like the toxic stuff and I bring you toxic stuff because it makes you smile. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's some things that need to change about that. And that's the basis of all kinds of codependent, addictive uh, relationship problems and stuff like that. But the point is, ask yourself, what is your relationship grounded in? Look at the relationships in your life. And we are all tribal people, so we have incredible overlapping Venn diagrams and webs of all kinds of different relationships. Well, and different roles that we play for different people, co-worker, husband, wife, parent, mm-hmm. um, neighbor, you know, all of it that you that you um, have different aspects of yourself that you're doing. You ask know? yourself, what is the basis of this relationship? Remember, at the beginning of our conversation a few weeks ago, we talked about the idea that, ask yourself, what are you grounded in? Mm-hmm. Are you grounded in change or are you grounded in this ego desire to keep things the same? For example, remember we talked about that a while back? The basic idea is not different than that. Ask yourself, is my relationship with this person grounded in growth, in healing, things like that? Is it grounded in growth or is it grounded in brokenness? In other words, do you love this situation because there's a hole that you're trying to patch? Because that means you need me to have holes. Right. Well, and just to extend it out even from just interpersonal relationships to the groups that you're involved with, the churches that you go to, the, you know, the Facebook conversations that you have. What, you know, why are you there? Is it a what community of the is flawed it, or exactly. is it a community of the growing? Well, and are That's they, and are they, you know, what are it? And it's a, it's kind of a trope, but you know, if you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It's like, but it, but it's so true. What are they for? It's a, there's a right. lot of people out there that are against a lot of stuff. And I tend to stay away if, if most of the time they're talking about, the things that they dislike, the things mm-hmm. that they, you know, um, 
Is yeah, is that the basis? The, is ev- that everything? Yeah. So if but so okay, but I, I get that you don't like the way that that is. But what are you for? And then think what, about this: how, are how you, you because I can then I can have a conversation with you. Yeah, man. And I can't we, have a conversation with you if you're just you know throwing as hate always, at me the whole time. If the basis of your Thanksgiving dinner is that you can all agree on a bunch of stuff you hate, right? Don't go. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Yeah. What can you agree on, not agree against? You know, and that you know what I mean? That's weird grammar, but you know what I'm saying. Find some things that are progressive. Find some things that you can ground your relationship in. Because here's the deal. All the years I've been in the ministry, I have been someone that people can call and counsel with and pray with mm-hmm. and talk about, talk with and ask advice and that kind of thing. And I'm honored by that. I love that process. I've been a coach and I've been a teacher and I've been a, you know, whatever you want to call it. I've been a who bring you food guy in one way or another. (laughs) But one of the things that I know to look for and as part of my training in seminary and all that, but it's also something I've kind of picked up along the way is I, I'm pretty good at spotting when someone comes to me with a problem. Listen, are you more excited about your brokenness or are you more excited about your healing? And I have counseled my fair share along the way too as chaplain and as, you know, um, instructor and teacher and stuff like that. And, and don't you find that that's the case? I you do. Gotta and, ask that and you question. can, and you can, you can tell the people that really love their pain and suffering. Well, it's and great they, to talk well, and they about love the drama, uh-huh. the, 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 the cyclical, uh, events of their dramatic life. It are amazing, yeah. right? It's, so it's, it's like, it's, and, and you, but I've seen people where they get a little bit of a gleam in their eye and immediately, you know, you're like, okay, I know what I know what I'm dealing with. Look at all of the ways that yeah. I've been hurt. And I'm yeah. not saying the hurt isn't real. Of course of it course is. I don't want to sound cold about that. No. I'm not saying that you can't come to me or go to whoever and talk about those But problems. it gives them, but it, it makes them feel alive, I think. Ask it, yourself, are your problems definitive? Do they define who you are? Or is your healing definitive? It's okay to have stuff to heal. That's part of this human experience. But the thing that will happen is, and I experience I'm sure you have too, is that someone will come and talk to me and I will get to the place. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Where I will go, I will realize the thing will click. Oh, wow. They are more excited about being broken. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm done with them, far from it, but it does mean that no matter what I say, they're, I can't help them. They're ensconced in that. It's, yeah. it's The thing is, I can't help you because you're so much more excited about it. And this is not about an intellectual process. I can tell you all day long that you deserve growth and healing. I can tell you that God loves you. I can quote the Bible to you. We can talk about the fact that you're made in the image and after the likeness. We can go anywhere with that. But you want more proof that your life is not an intellectual process? It's not about your thinking. It's about your feeling. The thing is, I can give you all kinds of intellectual ideas. I can argue your case like I'm Perry Mason about why you should be healed and be happy and healthy and all that. But if all you're excited about is listing the reasons, if your passion is in your brokenness, right? then I can't compete with that. Well, they and they, And, they, they do. They list the reasons why... They can't do something. Why they can't? Here's do this, here's why you know, it's exciting and, and, to be hurt. You right. know these kinds of things. And and and, and so I will get to a place right. with someone who's doing that where I will find a way to say, you know what? 
you're still chewing on this and I'm here for you, but it looks like you're going to have to do this a little bit more until it's boring to you. Well, you know, you get sick and tired of being sick and well, tired. Well, and you know what? It's, That's a blessed moment. Right. You know, and I think everyone in the world, everyone watching this and us as individuals, we've all come to that point at one time or another, usually many times in your life where you go, this, there's no way to go but up. Right. Thank God. You know, that's not something to ever be ashamed about. It's so wonderful when you go, you know what? I am done. Right. You know, that's beautiful. But yeah, there are times with people. And like I said, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen where it's very clear that what excites them is being broken. And I can say, look, I love you and God loves you and I'm never going to not be here for you. But it looks like you're going to have to play this game a little while longer till you're tired of it. Right. Until you stop okay. rationalizing the the, yeah. the reasons to stay broken. But so right? what I'm telling you right now is that you have a choice about that. Ask yourself, everybody watching this, ask yourself, what excites you? Are you excited about the brokenness? When you talk to people at parties, you talk about all the things that are terrible in your life. Right. Because you're bringing someone toxic food. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean, you're helping them stay sick too. What if you found some ways to get excited about something bigger? Because that's where faith lives. And that's how all of this mm -hmm. works. You get to be the change, even though Gandhi didn't say it, it's still true. Right. You get to be the change by flipping the switch about what you're passionate about. So find little ways to get excited about growth and healing. Remember when you were a little kid and you celebrated the fact that I can reach the countertop or I can tie my shoes or I can run faster than the dog or whatever it is. Be like that. Find little moments of growth to be excited about and you will discover how utterly boring brokenness is. Mm -hmm. It will not make you the life of the party. If you want to be the death of the party, talk about heartache. Yeah, It's just the deal. Well, so Debbie Downer, that SNL, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. But, you know, yeah. And that, Those were such good skits. That brings me around. I want to close with just a real quick conversation. Somebody wrote in and they asked about how we deal with some of the questions about why do good things happen to bad people? How come there's so much suffering in the world? And obviously in those kinds of questions, those are big questions. Obviously, there's a lot we can say about all that. We could do a whole series on all of that. But the person who wrote in brought up the, the theory that they had come across in some podcasts and there's some books about it and things like that, that the idea is something like, and, and I, I want to try and do it justice. The idea is something like God is love and being love, God can't interfere with people messing up. And God wants you to be happy, but God can't there are certain things basically that God, God can't, can't fix. Do. Yeah, God can't do these kinds of things. God without without you being available right. and without basically without you paying attention right. and so, or your permission or whatever. And the person who wrote in asked right. what I thought about that and mm -hmm. could we talk about it a little bit? And I I, I we talked before mm -hmm. the the broadcast a little bit about it too. And I think I'm I can go about halfway with that kind of God yeah, can I, idea. I, I think that it's because here's what I don't your responsibility that you do have a responsibility in 
how God moves in and through your well, life. Well, it's the Saint right? Teresa, God has no hands but your right. own. Right. So you're part of this out picturing. And so what I like about that concept is, yeah, you can't be healed without your participation mm-hmm. in that. And just like we've been saying this whole time, if you gravitate to, are passionate about, if your paradigm is being broken, you're bound to learn things the hard way. So I can go there with you, with that theory rather, on that level. But here's the thing that I can't go with. What I know from personal experience in my life and from seeing it in other people is that you are going to grow. You can't help it. You may grow the hard way. If you choose to be stubborn and drag your feet, you might grow the hard way. But man, you're going to grow. And so I I don't believe that this is is a, a, a no deal situation. But I also am not crazy about, and this is a caricature, this might not be what the author of the books had in mind, but here's how I read it. it I'm not crazy about the idea that God's just like, oh, well, I, God's a guy sitting around somewhere Well, going, I tried. I'm sorry. I just, I feel real bad about yeah. it. You know, it's sort of, I, I just can't go there with that kind of a concept yeah. because here's what I want you to know. I don't believe that God is a guy or a girl or whatever, a, a being standing somewhere watching you mm-hmm. like you're the reality show. I, I, I can't I can't go there with that idea. Right. I believe that the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. I believe that God hears you always. I believe that that God is here. And if you hurt, God is with you through the hurt. Mm -hmm. If you heal, God is with you through the healing. The idea is you are a part of God happening in the world. It's not like God's over here and you're doing your thing and maybe we can agree on some stuff. You are part of God happening in the world. And so what that means is it might be uncomfortable to think about the idea that the world isn't bad because there's some stuff that God just can't do. It's not a, oh, well... The world needs healing, but it's your job to do it. Right. Be that, that healing happening. And, and all of it, all of it is God happening. You are healing in and through the, the beautiful moments, and you are healing in and through the heartache. Sooner or later, we all come around to certain points where we grow naturally or we grow because there's nowhere to go but up. But one way or another, we grow. I would say God can. And more than that, I would say that God is. Because wherever right. you are, that's what's happening. Right. And what I love to go all the way back is cornball as it is, that the doctor in those reality shows is named Doctor Now. Yeah. <laughs> so where yeah. are you right now? Yeah. That healing presence, the doctor of your life, is here right now. Your job is to do something about it. It's gonna happen one way or another. And in fact, it's happening. One way or the other. You can be like a little kid and drag your, your feet and throw a tantrum. Or you can grow up a little bit right. and walk on. But God's happening. God can and God is through you. With that in mind, let's take our opportunity to give. Oh man, thank you so much for sending in the questions. Thanks for the Absolutely. great conversations. Thanks for everything. We got a whole new series for you next time. Stay tuned. Yep. It's October. I'm ready. Wow. I'm, I'm ready. ready to, I'm, I'm ready, ready for to. cooler weather and all of it. I want to remind you to like and subscribe and share these videos. It means a lot when you share them. You can share them on Facebook or whatever. When you're watching the video, there's a little button that mm-hmm. says share. Mm-hmm. 
but you can help support this church and we're counting on you to support this church. We, we really need that to keep happening and we're so grateful for it by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. Let's hold those gifts of love and substance in our minds and our hearts and say our offertory blessing together. God, God is, is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is. Amen. Amen. And as always, I want you to remember that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're not alone because we pray as a family. Together, God, God I'm, I'm ready for change. change. My, my heart, heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. So it truly is. Amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.